1998, Jenny and I purchased our first house. We spent a lot of time stripping wallpaper, getting things ready, and we thought we had plenty of time to pack up our duplex and get ready to move. Only that year, there was a shortage of moving trucks. In fact, there were no trucks available. So I called and called and called and called and finally got one for a Thursday. Tomorrow Thursday, like tomorrow. So the next morning, an army of friends and church family showed up. They packed up our entire duplex and they moved it into our new home. And that night, our son spent the night with friends and we slept in the guest bedroom of our senior pastor's house. I felt helpless and completely dependent on others. And I didn't like it one bit. Now, in 1981, my family moved from Hartford City, Indiana to Las Vegas, Nevada. And I left behind friends, my marching band, my church, everything that mattered to me. And so when it came to God, I promised the moon. Oh, Lord, I'll read my Bible every day. Oh, God, when I, when I earn money, I'll give away half my income, anything, Lord, if you'll just move me back to Indiana. I hoped that somehow I could leverage God or negotiate with God and get him to do this one thing for me. In both cases, I made a profound mistake in how I approached God, in how I approached life. It's a mistake a lot of people make. I got it. I got it. That's a phrase I used a lot as a young pastor. There would be a big church event, something going on, and after the event was over, people would say things like, Pastor Max, can I put the tables back? No, no, I got it. Hey, Pastor Max, can we help clean up? No, no, you go home. I got it. It's a mistake to believe that the best way to live life is to do so independently. It is a mistake to never ask for help or never accept help, to never rely on people because they won't do it right or because they'll let you down. These independently-minded people are often the same people who believe they can negotiate with God, that they can do something or make up for something so that God will love them and accept them. Oh, they talk about God's love and God's grace, but on the inside, they believe it's for everybody else except them. Gang, God's kingdom is not like the kingdoms of this world. God's kingdom is not quid pro quo. God's kingdom is not top down. God's kingdom is not an earned spot through hard work and determination. God's kingdom is so different, so unexpected, so wonderful that you must become like a child to enter it. Now, I'm going to tell you right now that Christmas is different 
when you have kids in the house. Christmas is different when you have kids in the house, particularly little kids. I'm talking two-year-olds, three-year-olds, four-year-olds. Little kids can't make their own lunch or snack. Little kids may still need help in the bathroom, as in, Mommy, Daddy, I had to go potty, I have a poopy, help, right? Little kids are utterly and completely dependent on others. When a two-year-old says to you, I got it, what do you do? You laugh your head off. Why? Because they don't got it. They need help. They're two. Now, there's an incident with Jesus and little children that's recorded in three of the four Gospels. And typically, this incident is only read in churches on the Sunday where they have a kids program going on in big church, as if to say, see, we're not like the disciples. You're welcome here, kids. Now hurry up and do your cute program and get out of here because the pastor's got to (laughs) preach. There is so much more going on with this incident, and I want you to see it. Today, we're going to be in the Gospel of Mark. Mark chapter 10, verses 13 through 16. Mark chapter 10, verses 13 through 16. One day, some parents brought their children to Jesus so that he could touch them and bless them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. When Jesus saw what was happening... He was angry with his disciples. He said to them, let the children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth. Anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Then he took the children in his arms and placed his hands on their heads and blessed them. Parents were bringing their children to Jesus. This this was a common practice within Judaism. It's, It's rooted in Genesis chapter 48, verses 14 through 16, where Joseph brings his kids to Jacob so that Jacob can bless his grandchildren. And so for a long time, fathers and mothers would bring their kids to the priest or to the rabbi for a blessing. Prophero is the word used here. And it's the same used word when bringing a sacrifice. So these parents are, in effect, they're they're dedicating their children to God. Now, these children are not what we call full-size candy bar children. Now, these are mini, micro kids. These are babies and toddlers. The Greek word used here refers to the youngest and most helpless of children, kids who cannot do anything yet for themselves. Jesus took these little children into his arms and blessed them. Now, the disciples, however, scold these parents. They believe that these parents are bothering Jesus, that these children, these little children, are bothering Jesus. Now, we're, we're given a c- clue into what's playing out here because in in Mark chapter 9, 
the disciples rebuke a man who's casting out demons in Jesus' name. Why? Because the man wasn't in their group. Hey, Jesus, we told him to stop. He's not one of us, not in our group. We said, stop it. These little children in the minds of the disciples are also not in their group. Outsiders. Now, Mark tells us that Jesus was angry. And the Greek word here means greatly grieved, indignant. And so Jesus rightly rebukes them. Why? Why? Because the disciples think of themselves as elites, as part of an exclusive group. In, in Mark chapter 9, verse 34, they're having an argument amongst themselves about which one of them is the greatest. And so Jesus puts a little child in front of them and says this, Anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf welcomes me. And anyone who welcomes me welcomes not only me, but also my Father who sent me. Jesus is roused. Jesus is passionately indignant in the defense of the helpless, the vulnerable, and the powerless. And no one is more helpless more vulnerable and more powerless than a two-year-old child. Now, Jesus says this in Mark chapter 10, verse 14, the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. Why? Why would Jesus say that? Well, let me tell you, it's not because these little children are innocent. I've had two-year-olds and three-year-olds and four-year-olds in my house, and they can hit their brother and sister. They can do things that are despicable, and they can lie about it. It's not because these little children are pure. Again, I've had them in my home. It's not because these children, little children are humble. I had one kid that was referred to as precocious for the longest time. Precocious and humility do not coexist peacefully. They're opposites. And it's not because these little kids are perfect little angels. And it's certainly not because they're unquestioning. Take a four-year-old outside anywhere. Why, Mommy? Why, Daddy? Why is that man so big? Why does that woman only have one arm? Why? Why? It's not because they're unquestioning. The kingdom of God belongs to people who are like little children because they are helpless, powerless, vulnerable, and dependent. You and I receive the kingdom of God like a little child. And I'm going to tell you, little children can receive gifts. Adults, on the other hand, adults are downright uncomfortable receiving a gift from someone they haven't also given a gift to. Not so with kids. Little children have not bought into the notion of quid pro quo. They can unwrap an extravagant gift on their birthday or at Christmas and never even think of saying, oh, daddy, oh, mommy, oh, grandma, grandpa, you shouldn't have. I didn't get you anything. No, no two-year-old ever says that. Little children have not yet learned all the ways the world works. Well, you can't get something for nothing. Hey, if you don't work, you don't eat. There's no such thing as a free lunch, baby. No. Little children accept gifts. Little children accept help. 
Little children know they're dependent on others and they're not bothered by it one bit. So allow me to put it to you. What attributes of a child do you think Jesus wanted his disciples to emulate? The kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. So what attributes of a child do you think Jesus wanted his disciples to emulate? And then is there a difference between simple faith and immature faith? And if so, what? Allow me to offer some practical ways for you and I to take this home. First and foremost, you don't get to decide who's in and who's out, who's worthy and who's not worthy of the kingdom of God. In this season of 2020, many of us want to hold some people in contempt. It may be the anti-maskers or the mask Nazis. It may be the pro-Trumpers or the baby killers. Don't make the same mistake the first disciples did. Don't predetermine who can approach Jesus, who's worth Jesus' time and who isn't. You don't get to decide who's in and who's out. Secondly, acknowledge that receiving help is every bit as spiritual and good and godly as rendering help. Let me say that again. Acknowledge that receiving help is every bit as spiritual and good and godly as rendering help. Yes, Jesus served, but a woman washed his feet with her tears and hair. Allow people to pray for you. Allow people to bring you a meal. Allow people to send you a gift card. Allow people to help you. It's an opportunity for someone else to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And it's an opportunity for you to acknowledge that sometimes you don't got it. And you know what? Sometimes you don't. And that's okay. Third and lastly, some of all y'all need to stop bargaining with God. As in, I'll go to church regularly when I figure out, when I get my act together. I'll serve when I've read through all the gospels. I'll get serious when. Listen, God has already done enough through his son, Jesus Christ. You don't have anything to offer. You cannot earn or deserve this gift. You cannot pay it back. So what do you do? What do you do? Open your hands, right? Unless you're driving a car, open your hands. Palms up right now. Open your hands. You have open hands and an open heart. With the posture of a two-year-old on Christmas morning receiving a gift, all you do is you say, thank you. Thank you, Daddy God. Thank you. Some of you just need to stop bargaining with God. Back in 2013, we had a dear friend die from a pulmonary embolism. We couldn't afford the airfare to fly from Kentucky to Arizona. You guys at Generations Community Church, you raised the money for us to go. And so we came home, but 10 days later, Jenny almost died from the exact same thing. And I'm gonna tell you, as a pastor, I felt pretty helpless. 
and completely dependent on others. Let me tell you something. God can do a lot with helpless and dependent. God can do a lot with helpless and dependent. Why? Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Merry Christmas, guys. <laughs>